Today, we're honored to speak with Naveed Negaban. He's an extremely prolific actor who has been in countless TV, voice, and major motion picture projects. Let's listen to his reflections on some of his favorite roles, as well as his plans for his own Romani Artist Center in East L.A. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Sarah Smith, and I'm here with my co-host, Teresa Roth. Hey, Teresa. Hey, Sarah, and hi, everybody. So glad to be here. And we are so excited because today we are talking to a bona fide movie star and an incredible actor, Mr. Naveed Nagabin. And Naveed, I'm a huge fan. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me on the show. We are so happy to have you. Oh, it's our, it's our pleasure. Naveed, your filmography is so impressive. I just I, I just can't get over it. I mean, you've done some amazing, amazing projects. Thank you so much. Thanks, sir. So I'm being very humbled right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, in addition to being a full-blown movie star, you're also a big-time TV star. And um, one thing that I'm dying to hear about is what is it like to work on Curb Your Enthusiasm? Oh, uh, that was an amazing experience. Uh, they asked for me to come in. So I, I flew from New Mexico. I was shooting 12 Strong at that time. I came back. I, I sat in the room. I went and then... Um, Larry was there and the whole production team. I walked in, we, they gave me a couple of pages and they say, okay, improvise. I improvised and uh, um, he was very, uh, very kind of, uh, very stone faced. He, he, it was no emotion, no feeling. And then he said, okay, thank you so much. And I walked out, I said, thank you for having me. And I said, okay, that was it, I guess. I was coming down the stairs and one of the PAs ran after me and said, oh, um, just wait in the front. The car will pick you up. I said, I, I drove myself. I have a car. I don't need a car. They said, no, no, no. The car is picking you up to take you for a wardrobe. You're going to uh, to pick your customs. Oh, wow. So that's that's how I got it. <laughs> just, and we had so much fun shooting. It was an amazing experience. Amazing, talented people. And... Oh my gosh, when I was working with Michael J. Fox, it was just, uh, that guy is funny. Please continue. So he comes upstairs and, and, and he accuses me of clomping. And I explained to him, I have these shoes, these heavy shoes that I wear because my feet get cramped. And they make noise. I invite him in, uh, I, I offer him a, 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 a soda. He took it and it, it exploded and it got all over him and he got, Oh, upset. Now, now, Mr. Fox, did you clump on purpose? A bit. And did you embellish the shaking of the soil? Yeah. Thank you. May I offer you some refreshment? No, thank you. I pass, sir. Pussy. 
He is funny and he's so gentle. Incredible, incredible experience. I mean, how do you feel about improving? Do you like it or would you rather have a prepared script? No, I love improving, um, especially having a having a team like that is a um, is is a dream come true. Uh, we had some outlines on the on the lines that we were saying, but then in between the rest of it, we were allowed to play with it. We were allowed to massage those lines and do it do it our own, make it our own, and uh, it was great. It was a great experience. I love I love improvisation. Uh, even when I'm working on the scripted projects, I um, I'm usually being given the freedom to play with play with those lines, and I have the freedom to just kind of make it my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm no actor, but I've got to think that that would be so fun to improv with those great actors with yourself. And, you know, back, you know, still on an HBO platform, you know, what was it like to work on Veep? One of the funniest shows ever. <laughs> Those guys, they, they took me in and I was in the room and all seasoned improv actors and, uh, and I was that was one of the one of those show, shows that I was a little bit um, uh, rigid, and I was trying to I, I was trying to I, I was trying to be correct and or be perfect. And then um, mm-hmm. and then when I was there, the way that everybody was the way that everybody was kind of playing around, goofing around, it allowed me to um, to kind of find that freedom to just be. Have you seen it? I have. I have. So you saw the moments, they, they are just kind of, um, it became very natural and real. And I, I had fun. Yeah. And that makes, that makes for the best comedy. Yeah. I mean, it's the naturalness of it. It makes you feel like you're watching something that's for real, you know, and not a TV show, but gosh, it's so good. It's so good. Well, Thank you. and you know, to go, to go to some of your film history, I'm really interested to hear about what it was like to work on 12 Strong. Well, on 12 Strong, um, 12 Strong was a, was a story that was very close to my heart. I, I knew about the story, and then I also uh, I was in touch with the, with the writers and some uh, investigative journalists who went there and actually met with Dostum. And, uh, and at the beginning, they... Uh, they were not so keen toward having me. I mean, they, uh, it was anyway. Make the story short. We uh, we, <laughs> we just gonna talk about the work. Um, yeah. <laughs> and now I'm gonna get a letter from Hollywood and saying thank you so much. Please go home. Don't stay here anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. We want to hear the stories. <laughs> so um, when I was. Um, when I heard about the project, I wanted to. I really wanted to play the um, General Dostum, and then I was hearing that uh, there there have been some discussions among uh, producers and some of the more cre- uh, some of the creative people that they were thinking I'm not the right fit for the character, and uh, they've been casting this character around the world, and uh, finally uh, I was able to find the directors Nikolai's. Um, email address, personal email address, 
and I wrote an email to him. I said, uh, Nikolai, I've seen your work and I've seen his commercials. He's magnificent. I mean, um, he's, there's so much emotion in his work. So I, uh, I wrote an email to him and I said, uh, Nikolai, I really like your work. I've seen your work in the past and I have read the script. I like the character, but I'm not the type of person who would follow protocols. Um, this is who I am. I like the project. If you are interested, I would very much like to talk to you about this character. And um, before that, my team before that my team was telling me no, don't uh, don't push it. They don't. Um, they are saying no, so let let it be. I said no, I want the part. And then um, less than uh, less than four hours, I I got an email from my team that they were uh, they were saying that uh, Nikolai wants to have a, a FaceTime a Skype call. Uh, I had the Skype call with him and he said, uh, you know, the thing is that uh, we have been casting this part around the world and wherever we go, all the roads are leading back to you. Everybody's talking about you and I haven't had a chance to meet with you in person. Uh, but we are thinking we are thinking that um, you uh, you're so recognizable as uh, Abu Nazir and at the same time uh, they want somebody who's uh, uh, who's not so uh, visible but it has a name I, I don't even know what was being said in the office and uh, then I did a collage of all my different faces all the different characters that i've played and each of them looks completely different than the other right you're the man so of, you're the him, man of a thousand faces <laughs> thank you <laughs> i love that title. <laughs> so i sent uh, so i sent that picture in and um then he called me and um that was it mm. i got the part i i flew to abakurki um, I was in London at that time, then I went to Albuquerque and um, we had a meeting. That project was very close to my heart because uh, uh, it was one of the first Hollywood projects that they were really um, uh, trying to present the Afghans or Afghan warriors as who they are, not, uh, not what Hollywood wants to present them. And uh, but we couldn't get any uh, any Afghans to uh, any Afghani person to come and work with us. So I went and I met with the head of the, all the tribes and I talked to them and I explained to them what we are doing. And the next day we had about 400 people um, who came. Some of them they were writers, uh, amazing people. We had a great experience working on that project. General, I uh, want to explain one of the other missions that are taking place tomorrow. There's another team like mine, and they've been placed with General Adam Mohammed, and they're moving on Mazar from the southeast. They have no turtle. From the U.S. point of view, you're all the Northern Alliance. Who is the U.S. to tell me what Northern Alliance is? If Atta moves to Mazar, shall we first? We're bombs, so you can go to war with that over the north. The mission hasn't changed, General. We're going to punch through this gap into the Sangi gap is over two kilometers long. Razan's best weapons are right here. Machine guns, mortars, heavy armors. And right here is 055 Brigade. Foreign fighters, Al-Qaeda, they won't give an inch. They prefer death. I won't let my men die, so I can go to Mazar This isn't just your war, General. There are thousands of people dead in your country and mine. 
Now let me show you how this is possible. All right, we've already lured them into this gap. Now I'm gonna put a man on each flank, and we're gonna overwhelm this canyon with air support. We've already sent Dillard downrange. He's gonna cut off any resupply and hit any retreat. And then you and I are gonna charge through this gap and hit that main body with a full frontal assault. But Asa cannot get to Mazar first. Oh my gosh, well I hope you got a producer credit for that. That's amazing. <laughs> Teresa, there is one thing that has never been important to me, and that has been a, um, please don't misunderstand me, that has been a title of recognition. Mm-hmm. To me, what's important is how, how my audience feels when they're walking out of the theater. That's the most important thing. Have I been, um, was I able to um, have, a, have an impact on their lives? Uh, was I able to make him uh, raise a question for them, for them to go and search for an answer? Um, the relationship that I have with the audience, that's the most important thing to me. Well, you know, you definitely have left your mark. Like I said, your filmography is amazing. Thank you. And I could go through uh, so many of your movies and your TV shows and just talk about that. But I'm also interested to know, how has the coronavirus affected you with your work? Well, I mean, uh, I'm no different than all the other people. Uh, it has been very slow. We had, uh, had a couple of projects lined up this year, and all of them they got, um, uh, one of them was a TV show which got pushed, and a couple of movies, they got canceled, and even uh, one of my own my one of my own films which uh, we were supposed to shoot in june in london uh that's um we even had the funding we had to we had to give some of the money back and we are we are just we don't know where when and how uh it's been very difficult but i'm spending my time uh working on the center that i'm building uh, so for past Three months every day. I'm coming here at the construction. Uh, I mean, here I'm. I'm just a construction worker, <laughs> trying to, trying to finish the center and the studio. Hey, Teresa, I would love to hear Navid talk a little bit about the uh, Romani Center. Well, um, what we are creating here um, is uh, Romani Road Artist Center and Studios. Uh, see, when I moved here, I had a very rough time. The first 10 years were very difficult. And um, as an artist, as an actor, um, you you try to uh, find a safe place where you can be yourself and you're not being taken advantage of. And unfortunately, in Hollywood, it's very difficult to find a, to find a place like that. Uh, so uh, this center that I'm creating is um, is a residence and uh, and a studio. is a multi-purpose studio. is a studio space um, um, over 1,500 square feet, and um, it can be used for uh, as a black box um, film studio, uh, photography studio, and um, also uh, we have all the tools and equipments if you are interested in painting or sculpting. And uh, then uh, in the residence, in, in the house, I can house up to eight artists who they can stay there for a limited time while they are working on their crafts. And um, 
then outside we have a we have a huge parking lot which i'm going to be turning it into an exhibition room um there there are so many kids uh, we have about um five schools around around here and most of these schools they don't have a decent art program and uh, our goal is to open the center to all those kids some of them they come and they tag the walls and they run away now they don't have to run away because i will give them wow. free paint and a wall of space for them to come and paint and then that's great and then at the end of the year what we are doing we are taking pictures of all these um all these street artists uh, the people who came and created something here and um i will my goal is to have an exhibition for them and every art piece that's being sold the artist will get the money and um, <laughs> oh, that's great and this center is just kind of uh uh what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to um, create a create a place that you feel safe, uh, free of prejudice. It doesn't matter where you are coming from. It doesn't matter what language you are speaking, what religion, what color. I don't care. I'm I'm completely blind to all of that because I think art should not have any um, any gender any religion any color it is everything uh, you have to uh, is is about your soul about your spirit and your soul doesn't have a color it's just a pure white i mean it doesn't matter where you're coming from if you look inside your center is pure white and if we see each other for that pure white that's inside us pure light the light the gorgeous bright light that's inside us that is what um, I don't know. I'm hoping maybe it will create a better life, better right. better future. Uh, that's just beautiful, Thanks. and I, I imagine that people can come there and like record auditions and things. Uh, yes, we already uh, we already had um, we had a filmmaker who did his film. Um, it was a short film that the film went to a couple of festivals. Um, one of them that I'm really proud of is that uh, it was an Iranian photographer. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> it was an Iranian photographer who came here and she presented her idea to me. And she said that she wants to use the house in the middle of the construction to take some pictures. I'm, I said, sure, you can have the house do whatever you want to do. And then she sent me a picture of her standing in Rotterdam during Rotterdam Photo Festival. And her picture, the picture that she took here, is a huge poster in the center of the city. And she said, Navid, without, uh, without you and without the center, I wouldn't have been able to make this. So, um, I mean, there have been successful stories. We had a couple of music videos, a couple of artists who came here and did a music video. We had painters and um, we are scheduled to do two, two other uh, short, independent short film uh, that uh, they, are, they want to come and use the space. I said, shoot, come, this is yours. You can do whatever you want to do. Wow. But we are still we are still in the uh, we are still in the process. We are I mean we are uh, everything that's happening right now is happening right in the middle of the construction. I mean we are we are working and um, they want to come and shoot. We stop the work. They they do the thing and then we keep going. 
That's that's just amazing. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. So in addition to your acting for movies and series, you do a lot of voiceover work too, right? Um, I do. I, um, I, I mean, that I, I fell in love. I mean, I love this since I was a kid. I used, to, I used to be the clown of the family, making different voices and making people laugh. And uh, uh, right now I do, I've done some uh, animations, some uh, video games, and uh, it's, been, it's been a nice journey. <laughs> Naveed, I have to tell you, um, my son had to come home mm -hmm. from college because of the coronavirus. And today when I showed him your picture and showed him who you were, he said, wait a minute. And he laughed and he came back and he said, that's Sala from Castlevania. And I was like, wait a minute. I've seen, you know, I've seen him watching Castlevania and now I'm going to watch Castlevania, but I know you for, I know you for some other stuff, but I just think it's amazing that in this household of, of ours in Atlanta, Georgia, you have two huge fans that are 30 years apart and in age, but we both um, attached to your work. And his name is Noah. He said, Mom, ask him to say hello to Noah in, with Sala's voice. Noah? Hi, how are you? Please come in. Uh, come into the library for me. Okay, so one of the things that you should tell him, first of all, say hi, Noah, uh, and then you have to tell him that um, I have two voices on that show. Yeah. I'm also playing the storekeeper. Okay. And what happened with that show, which was Ooh, very, okay. um, first they brought me in to do the storekeeper. The storekeeper is just a, okay, is just a guest. And when I was there and I was doing the storekeeper, um, I just... I kind of got, I'm, I'm a goofball. I got crazy and I started doing the storekeeper with the different voices and having fun with it. And then um, I, I said, thank you. I finished. I walked away and everybody was completely entertained by me being a goofball. And uh, then I got a call from uh, Marnie, uh, my agent at Imperium 7. And she said, um, Nabit, there is another role that they want you to look at it and uh, they want you to do that character mm. so uh, that's what I did and the storekeeper's character is hello uh, please come in uh, yes 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 so sometimes I don't even know who I am because I'm sitting here with the different voices in my head <laughs> oh my god i love it yeah so wonderful. please give him my love He's give him gonna, my love yep yep and it's his and it's his birthday so wonderful. it's a great birthday wonderful. present for him Navi, thank you <laughs> so oh my gosh noah is gonna be thrilled to death thrilled Navi, tell us you know you've done so many things what are some of your favorite memories my very favorite memories, the projects that I really had fun working on them. I mean, I, all the projects that were, uh, that have been good, but uh, some, uh, one of the great experiences that I had was Charlie Wilson's War. 
and my uh, the relationship that was developed between me and Mike Nichols. Um, he kind of became a became like a mentor, and the entire time while we were shooting, he was uh, uh, he would he would ask me to come to Video Village. He would ask me to come and look at their shots, and he would ask my opinion. And that film was one of my first kind of uh, big big movies that I was doing. And working with those amazing guys, Tom Hanks, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Julie Roberts. I mean, it was, I was, it was a dream work for me. So the Russians gathered all the defectors and piled them like wood in the center of the village. Then they ran over them with their tanks. I saw something shiny on the ground. I thought it was a toy. When I reached down to grab it, it exploded in my hand. And uh, that was uh, that was a great experience. You know, the thing is that uh, each of the projects that I've done, each of them, they have given me something. They have given me something so precious that I cannot, um, I cannot. Um, categorize them I cannot put them okay this one was better than the other one um, Abu Nazir was uh, was one of the roles that uh, it was it was so complex that character was so complex that I had to go and I had to research all these personalities out there and try to find a find Abu's voice try to find him and um you guys wanted me to tell you a funny story yeah please <laughs> all right um sorry if I, i'm see if my daughter was uh, were here she would have told me that i'm talking too much but okay um when uh when i did abu nazir we went to uh, um we went to charlotte and um they brought the costumes and I said, you know, I, I, can, I don't know, but I see this guy wearing glasses. They said, okay. They brought me two huge cases of glasses in front of me and I tried all of them. I said, no, 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 that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. And they said, so you want to go shopping? I said, yeah. So the costume designer came with me. We went shopping. We went to almost every store in uh, Charlotte uh, and... I was saying, no, 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 it's not it. It's not it. And finally, we walk into this teeny tiny store in a mall. And um, I talked to the owner. It was, a, it was a gentleman. We stand there. We talk, uh, we talk to him. And then it was a lady back there. And uh, while I was describing who, who this guy is, they looked at each other. They said, we had some stuff in the storage room that we are not selling um, they are a little bit outdated, but uh, let us get it for you. They brought it, and when I took, when I wore those glasses, the moment that I turned and I look into the mirror, it wasn't me anymore. You're gonna kill me no matter what happens. Brody knows that. Man gambles with what he has. He will try. Don't be so sure. He's smarter than you think. You love him too. Perhaps we have that in common. 
We have nothing in common. Sometimes when you're breaking a man, an emotional transference takes place. For me, with Nicholas, it was quite powerful. It was really a kind of love. You're never going to leave this country alive. I know. And I don't care. I looked at it and I said, these are the ones. Mm. So so I got it and then they had to go and try to order a second pair as a backup. They got their backup and uh, and that was it. And uh, that character was created during the pilot. See most of the most of the journey of that character was improvised, was in the moment. Wow. Was reacting reacting to the situation what was there. And the core of the character was created wow. right in the pilot when I am, uh, when Damien, when uh, Damien he, uh, is beating up his friend and I'm walking in and I'm putting a gun to his head and I say, kill him, hit him harder. Oh my and gosh. He breaks, he breaks down and he starts crying. And as he was crying, I don't know what came over me. I just took him in my arm and I put his head on my shoulder. And that was the birth of Abu Nazir. I will, I'll never forget that scene. Never. Amazing. Me either. That, that was the birth of Abu Nazir. And after that, uh, Michael Cuesta was the director. He kept rolling and we shot the scenes. Some of the scenes that we shot, they were... Uh, they were just the extension of what we were supposed to shoot, and then that was being used in a different episode. So it was a, it was an amazing journey. It was a great. Yeah, journey. that's so great. I was sad when Abu Nazir died because then we weren't going to see you anymore. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, really, you're so exciting actually, in that role. I actually, it was it came in the right timing. Um, I. Uh, <laughs> It was funny because we went to the premiere and I was reading the scripts, but I didn't know what's happening. I got a feeling. And then I walked up to Alex Gonza and said, so um, uh, do I need to look for another job? And Alex looked at me and said, what, what, who told you? What, what, what are, I said, Alex, I... I I've been doing it for a long time. I read the script. I understand what's going to happen next. So uh, I just want you, that scene, I just need to go with a bang. Not a bang bang, with yeah. a bang that leaves an impression. Yeah. And um, and then we discussed that scene, my death scene, and that uh, it was a huge discussion. That episode was going back and forth, and actually that episode was shot that episode was shot after 11 because we couldn't make up our minds exactly what we are saying what we are. so it was it was a, a it was a uh, it was a great journey but do you know that almost one year after after homeland for one year i couldn't get a job i couldn't book a job what here. Wow. nobody wanted to hire me Nobody wanted to hire Abu Nasir. Yeah. 
and everybody yeah. i would walk into a room and everybody would I, they would fly me i would fly, they would fly me to new york they would fly me here they would fly me there I'm, I'm having a meeting everybody's in the room everybody's there I'm, oh uh, we love having you here it's amazing and then i would get a call that oh uh, you know we love him but we cannot have a, uh. we cannot have abu nazir on our show I said, I'm an actor. Right. Well, it just it just shows you what a huge impression you made. Exactly. I mean, you know, that was dynamic and exciting and scary. I mean, you were you were fantastic. It was brilliant. Thank you. Period. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Brilliant. Mm. Crazy journey. Crazy journey. <laughs> I wanted to hear just a, a little bit about the new show Tehran. I haven't. I don't know if it's out yet. Tehran, uh, I think you will like it very much. I enjoyed working on that. The show, uh, I think, is being aired right now in Israel. And uh, it's the story of an Iranian girl okay. who was born in Iran, but raised, because she's Jewish, they immigrated to Israel and she was raised there. And now she's working for Mossad and she's being sent back to Iran gotcha. to sabotage the, the power plant in order for Israeli government, uh, Israel, Israeli uh, forces to go in and um, um, destroy the nuclear power plant. So when this girl goes, yeah, when this girl goes back um, job. along her journey, she she rediscovers her love for Iran and Iranian people. Now she's completely conflicted between, between her duty and her love. Wow. And I'm playing, um, I'm playing her handler in Iran, an old Mossad agent who is there. And um, it's, a, uh, it's a good story. There, uh, okay, it's different. Uh, it's someone else's point of view of what's happening in Iran, but it's very close to what's actually happening. Um, for me, it's, a, it's an entertaining show. It's something that's going to um, raise some questions. And um, I welcome those questions. <laughs> I think you have a great international experience to share with the United States, especially because we tend to not explore as much as we should. Um, So I love that you're unfortunately. Yes. So I love that you're here and um, that you're doing this. Uh, We do, we do produce a lot of entertainment in the United States. So that's, I'm glad that you're here doing that with us. Where will we be able to see Tehran? Um, I think Apple Plus. Uh-huh. Apple bought it. Yeah. Uh, the, um, I think the show was sold um, to 135 different countries. And I know that right now they're doing final touches for uh, subtitling and um, cleaning it up. And uh, pretty soon, pretty soon, I think. Uh, it's already mm-hmm. airing in Israel. Right. They are on episode six in Israel. Yeah, it seems like a big hit. It is. It has been, I mean, even in um, in Israel, it has been huge. And um, they are amazing, amazing team working on that. And the people, they really cared about the show. I mean, uh, Daniel Serkin, the director, he, um, 
He has spent over six months just to learn Farsi. And um, Neve, Neve Sultan, um, that girl is so precious. Uh, she, um, she went and she studied Farsi. And uh, the entire time that we were there, or we were going back and forth, and she had a Farsi conversation, uh, conversations with me in Farsi. And um, um, I think they, um, they cared about what they were doing. They were not just doing it for just having a show and just shooting a movie. Uh, they, uh, they felt responsible about what they were saying and the story behind it i know that even some of the producers there have been so many shows that they were supposed to be made uh, made about uh, iran um, in israel there have been so many pitches about those stories but the producers they chose this one because this one is um um there is no uh, there's no black and white is very similar to i i, I would say is very similar to Homeland or Fauda is uh, there's no black and white. Everybody's good, everybody's bad. So you have to make a decision for yourself which side you want to be on. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it's it's you know Apple's got some great content, and this just sounds like another great project that we can look forward to watching. Thank you. So again, let me thank you, thank you, thank you for talking with us today. It's been great. We're there are so, so many of us are big fans of yours, and we really love your work. Thank you so much, my dear. Thanks, thanks for giving me your time, and uh, I'm very grateful. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, we will be able to have uh, better stories coming out. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, for for girls on film, we thank you, and we are out.